Hey guys, as expected, this episode went a little long, so we decided to split it into two parts. This is going to be part one, and part two will be ready to download at the same time. Enjoy! Two episodes in a row like this, I can't do it, I won't, you can't make me. Okay, fine. It's another brewery episode today, and it's all about Anheuser-Busch. Now, we're going to try to stay impartial as we talk about this giant of the industry, so come in and have a drink. There, I did it. Now let go of my wife. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. And I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hello. How's it going, guys? So, uh, I feel like we need to address the elephant in the room. There's an elephant? Where? (laughs) Is he in your room, too? (laughs) I see little pink ones everywhere I go. Uh, No, there's an elephant and possibly some, some beef, maybe, between the two of you. I believe I believe Casey had something on draft over this past oh, week. Oh, that. You. How dare you. I did. I may have. You were supposed to bring it back to me. I know. So, um, went to Georgia. Uh, and spent some time in Atlanta this past week, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, one of the things that happened was uh, I looked up on, let's see, I think it was Wednesday. I looked up online and, and they had just published the day before, <clears throat> excuse me, a listing of the top top breweries for each state. Sorry, not breweries, um, top beer bars basically for each state. And whenever I looked on the list, the, one of the ones that I was in Georgia, I was in Atlanta, and one of the beer bars was actually there in downtown Atlanta. So I, I hustled on over to the Porter Beer Bar has a huge selection of bottles and and stuff in a really eclectic part of town, like three doors down from where the brewery is, is a medical dispensary. So I was like, okay, this is this is an interesting part of town, kind of fun. I start going, I don't even look at the draft list because I'm thinking uh, there's nothing on draft that can be as, as rare, as hard to get as what they've got in bottle probably back there, some rare Belgian beer or something that I want to try. Wasn't there? There were a lot of really good beers. I didn't see any Cantillon, so I was I was kind of disappointed in that. That was really what I was kind of trying to find. And so I make it back to the front of the list, and I'm like, okay, let's just try here to see. And fifth down on the front of the list, there it is. The White Whale, the one, the only. The Great White Buffalo. El Coco. El Coco. El Coco. <laughs> so, of course, uh, I make a little squeal, and the people at the bar kind of look at me and uh, order an El Coco. And was it as good as we remembered? It is not. 
And the reason I say that is because it was on uh, Nitro this time. Oh. And I do not think the Nitro, I think the Nitro, I think it was fresher when we got it. Yeah, and I think the nitro reduced the um, the sweetness of the yeah. beer quite a bit. I was going to say like, that's been the thing I was afraid of where, where this version was going to be nitro because regular o cocoa was like <clears throat> I don't know, just filled your mouth with yeah. amazing flavors, and the nitro kind of calms everything down. So it was like pure uncut black tar heroin <laughs> compared yes. to this, you know, weak crap that's floating around now. Yeah, was, and I'm. I'm it was pure melange, and the spice must flow. And this is technically probably at the end of the the release for El Coco. So I'm thinking, you know, when we first had it, it would have been right at the freshest peak. And then right now, it's probably a month and a half old at least. Yeah. So that that probably had a lot to do with it. But still, I mean, it's a 4.5 beer. It's not my five, but it's a 4.5 beer. It's not still. the five the first one was, but it's a 4.5. Right. Exactly. So. Um, but it was delicious. Uh, I highly suggest the Porter Beer Bar. Uh, I made it there. I didn't make it in any breweries while I was in Georgia, but um, I no, made why, it. Why too. couldn't you bring me some? You could have filled up oh, a growler. Yeah. Weird Georgia laws. Separate license required for growler fills, they were saying. And uh, so this bar specifically did not have a growler license. Is what no they growlers, crowlers, no nothing. Yep, no to go. Yeah, to go beer is a separate license apparently, and that includes growlers. Savage. Uh, I also heard while I was at that bar from a, a guy who uh, said, "Who knows?" He said he had some industry experience. He said that the local breweries actually couldn't serve like tap rooms. You had to purchase a tour, and then with that tour, you got five or six beers with it, large like eight ounce pours. Mm. So I know I think that was the case up in Rhode Island as well. They were stuck with something like that. Mm hmm. So that was kind of their way of getting around it. But, you know, in the meantime, until Georgia law comes up and, and starts to get in that direction, you know, that's the, what they're they're going for. The other thing that I did have while I was down there, quite a few of was uh, creature comfort, creature comfort beer. And surprisingly, Wicked Weed has a really good distribution in that area. Hmm. Um, I'm a little PO'd about that because I feel we should have gotten it in Kentucky first. They can't make that little effort to come up the mountain range? Yeah. Personally, I feel every beer needs to come to Kentucky before anywhere else. But I agree. Let, let's that's not, just because I want it. Let's yeah. not talk about that almost every state surrounding Kentucky gets yangling. No. But not us. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, what, did you, what have you guys been up to? Those of us not blessed with the wonderful El Coco experience. Uh, I think this was rather a light uh, drinking weekend for us. Uh, we traveled back. It was funny. We went back to where Casey is usually, and he wasn't there. <laughs> Not a bit. So uh, just had some staples, which it's good sometimes. I mean, it's I had a dead guy, and it had been, I can't <laughs> tell you. you now? <laughs> a dead guy I mean, ale. That's illegal in most states, I think. <laughs> I mean, only if someone knows. <laughs> no, I had a dead guy elf from Rogue, and I hadn't had one in a long time. And it was really nice just to sit back and be surprised again because it's been so long. You got to try some kind of porter? Oh, yeah, the um, Highlands Coffee Porter, uh, Thunderstruck, I think's what they called it. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Uh, coffee flavor is a little light. I thought it'd be stronger, but it was still great. Would you have preferred it if you like drank it and it was just been like, coffee? Wow. <laughs> ah, coffee. 
Yeah, no, like that's, that's how your taste buds would have felt. Yeah. yeah, I was looking for a little stronger coffee, but it was good. And I mean, I got a badge out of it because North Carolina Beer Month, I think, is mm-hmm. starting. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it is. So it was like a lead-up badge. So okay, no, North Carolina gets a lead-up badge, and then they get a badge for. So they get two badges for a beer month. But they're like one of the meccas now. Yeah, they're. It's kind of a big deal down there. Just saying, we can't get one for Cincinnati. We got to have somebody pay for it. All right. So anyway. But yeah, uh, it was light drinking weekend for me, and. Can I just say uh, Rogue just did a complete rebranding of the Dead Guy packaging, and it looks sexy now. If you see it out, like the new package, it's just this slick matte black on the bottles and the cans with a massive, glossy uh, image of just the skeleton guy. Like, that's all that's there, and it looks sexy as hell. That's why they put the new badge out for it. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean... I wanted to buy a six pack. I was looking at it. I was like, man, I want that badge. I was like, but those look great. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, I haven't done much outside of uh, Friday was a uh, nice little bourbon and board games night for me. So <clears throat> one of my, <clears throat> sorry, one of my friends had a, uh, we usually have like a uh, regular Friday board gaming night, but they, uh, you happen to have some leftover bourbon after something, so you're like, oh, well. Oh, what kind of bourbon? If you're offering. <laughs> what kind of bourbon was it? Um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, because we went through the good stuff first, and then he just had like this giant bottle of, you know, well bourbon. I Old Forester or something? Huh? Old Forester or something hanging in the I think back? that's what the, I think, yeah, I think that was what it was at the end, yeah. Uh, but... <clears throat> But no, it's been a while since I've had bourbon, though. So I, I took a sip, and I was like, oh, oh, there you are, old friend. <laughs> yeah, I think Casey texted us and was just like, why can't there be a cocktails check-in app yeah, over so the weekend? Yeah, so like we've, we've wanted this for a while. Yeah, or a yeah. bourbon's, because like, when you land like a pappy or something, you want to brag, you want to boast. Yeah. Basically, spirits and cocktails, there needs to be an app. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always did. Uh, what, what would we call it? Corkscrew? No, well, no. that's wine, probably. That would be mm. wine. Uh, wine could be part of it. I mean, I Shaker, guess. but but without an er at the end, it just has an r at the end. That would be for right. cocktails. Yeah, you can't do yeah it. for you, cocktails. No that would be good. There's no, you're not allowed to. Have you can't. You can't put vowels in startup no. apps. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look now and see if there is an app out there called Shaker or something along these. It's lines. The exact opposite of the word archaeology, in which someone just spilled a bunch of. <laughs> All the so vowels. playing Scrabble, and all the vowels fell out, and they went archaeology. <laughs> all right, uh, we've got a long episode to go, so we might want to yeah. buckle up, guys. Uh, this is going to be a long one because we're tackling a whale when we get through this. Uh, <laughs> this news. Let's go ahead and get this rolling. Uh, yeah, I'm already through my first beer. This is. Whew, I've got some backups. So gonna be a gonna be an episode. Yep. So our first story, uh, Kona beer is not from Hawaii. <gasps> Consumers saying lawsuit. This has actually been it, they don't they don't hide it. It's kind of been public knowledge for a while because yeah. something people complain about. Uh, the maker of Kona craft beer was sued on Tuesday by two California shoppers who claim they were deceived into believing the beer was made in Hawaii, causing them okay. to overpay for it. Okay. 
how much do you expect to get out of a lawsuit like that? No, I had to spend ten dollars, fifteen dollars for that. Every time you hear about one of these lawsuits, here's what's happened: that you found they've got a lawyer friend who wants to take it class action. You're going to have everybody that uh, probably on this one it may say uh, I didn't even read it. But you, it may say, hey, we've got a class action status. Come in and, and claim your $10. And then there'll be a huge lawsuit. The lawyers will take their 5 or $6 million, And then the others gets divvied up between you know, the other $46 dollars gets divvied up between the rest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that's that's the way these grow. It's it's all about the lawyers. And they find two people or three people. Or they find a couple people that have done this. And they, they make a class action out of it. Well, this kid's kicked up a bit in pre-show conversation. Uh, Sarah Cillian and Simone Zimmer said Craft Brew Alliance, Inc. misleads consumers about the origin of its Kona Brewing Company beers, saying uh, the fifth largest U.S. craft brewer actually makes them in New Hampshire, Oregon, Tennessee, and Washington State. The plaintiffs said the alleged deception includes the use on labels of hula dancers, surfers, and Kaleo Volcano uh, Waikiki Beach, Kilauea, and other images and phrases associated with Hawaii, as well as beer names such as Big Wave Golden Ale, Castaway IPA, Fire Rock Pale Ale, and Longboard Island Lager. Uh, consumers purchase items and are willing to pay more for items because they are from Hawaii, the complaint said. I would not be willing to pay more for beer from Hawaii because the, was gonna ask, the trip, like, it's no, I'm, it's not going to do good things for it. Well, it, it, not even just beer, because <clears throat> it, it just says items. What uh, what item do you go, oh, that's from Hawaii, you say. I'll pay more for that. Pineapples? <laughs> I got nothing. Because I, out of this whole thing, I've heard the argument before that Kona beer tastes like crap in Hawaii because they have to get it imported <laughs> in from the mainland because yeah. it's well, not I think brewed I was, there. I was the one who... who... Yeah. Maybe so. When we went out there, everything that's brewed in keg is pretty much there on the island in Kilauea. That, that we went to the brewery. Um, everything that's brewed there for keg is brewed on the island. Everything that is in a bottle or a can, I, I don't even I don't even remember seeing cans actually. It's everything that was in a bottle. You saw, and I'm sure they've got cans because you got to have them for the beach, and they're a beach-based company. I mean, you know what I mean. So I'm sure they've got cans somewhere. But we would go to the hotel bar less than less than 20 miles away from probably the actual brewery itself. And that bottled beer from uh, that, that we ordered up there came from the United States and had to travel on boat to Hawaii. So it, it may Which is not part of the United, United States. States. Well, I'm from mainland United States, I guess you should say the lower yeah. 48 um, to Hawaii. And you know, that, that makes sense whenever you're a big company, but whenever you're 20 miles away, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because that ain't cheap. No. Yeah. There's a Should lot of cost that's being put into that that is very unnecessary. But I get it. Mm -hmm. um, they've exploded stateside. And it makes more sense because they have it's cheaper for them to brew it stateside and have it shipped rather than try and expand. How, like, how big was the brewery there? It could not have been very big. Um, It was. I don't know how many. It had a pretty good volume because it supplied all the kegs for the, the islands. And so it wasn't just like there were that was a big pool for all the islands there. Um, they they just about every bar served one or two, maybe three items that were brewed here. 
um, from this brewery. And then even in their in their in-house brewery, they still had you know probably 15 items that you couldn't get 15 beers you couldn't get anywhere except for there at the brewery and they had those going most of the time um you know it's probably about the size for locally i would say it's probably twice braxton somewhere in there okay so but i mean that's not a large because land is the most valuable thing and yeah, Hawaii. and they're they're really in downtown Kona proper, um, downtown Kilauea Kona, and so like they need to build need to build up, not out. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a nice a beautiful area. I really do suggest going to that brewery, even if they are you know partially owned by other corporations. And so um, I do suggest going there to the brewery. But the beer back home and and even there in a bottle, I was not pleased with. Mm. But I mean, I get what they're doing. I get it, but I guess some people aren't, as the end of this piece is saying, um, some people just either are trying to play the system and get in on class action lawsuits, or they just aren't that smart. <laughs> on February 10th, Walmart Stores, Inc. was sued by or sued in Ohio by a consumer who said it sold premium price at uh, what appeared to be craft beer under the Trouble Brewing brand. I think we just covered this story. Yeah. Uh, but that no such brewery existed and the beer was contract brewed. And meanwhile, in 2015, a federal judge approved a roughly $20 million settlement of claims that Anheuser-Busch InBev uh, tricked consumers into thinking its St. Louis brewed Beck's beer was actually a German pilsner. Yeah, we covered that too because they we were talking about people getting like their, their you know, show a receipt that you got... A Bex from whatever period. Yeah, it was like five bucks or something. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't much. But if if you're listening to this and you're actually concerned as to where the beer is brewed, twist the label around. It'll say. It will tell you where it's brewed. <sighs> sometimes, sometimes it does. Sometimes it it's very vague with it. Yeah, um, I'm lab- labels are not always like. Sometimes we look at labels and can't even tell what the ABV is. That is true. And I guarantee that, well, I, I know I've looked at some of these um, breweries that are completely owned by AB and Bev. Uh, what, no, no, no. The one that I'm thinking of is Blue Moon. So Blue Moon, you look at their label, and it says their brewery is this other company. It doesn't say, hey, we're, we're Coors. I think it's Coors that makes Blue Moon. It doesn't say, hey, we're Coors. It says, hey, we're, we're at the Blue Moon Brewery, and that's all it tells you. So. Hmm. It's a it's a real weird twisty way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and it is. I think it's it's the the cores group because I'm trying to remember back when we switched over from one to the other. It was like, oh no, now all of a sudden we have to buy from Anheuser Busch because we're doing Shock Top now. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, you just have to look and think about it. If you're drinking Killians and think that it's brewed in Ireland, I got bad news for you. It's brewed in Colorado. Yep. And I still every time I go home. There are all kinds of bars and places that are selling Killians under imports and charging import prices, and people yeah. are paying it because they're dumb. Well, yeah, that's one. That's one that is, it, you know, it's not an import, but I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I guess there is the, the 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 price difference, but most of the beer I buy is even domestic beer is still priced higher than most of the imports. So that is very true. Except, I mean, in really small bars, 
it's gonna like the import thing is still there where it, that import is held to a higher a higher standard for some reason mm. yeah well it's that that holdover from the 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 import boom you know what 10 ish years ago 15 yeah well speaking of import boom uh this beer hotel will have an ipa filled a filled hot tub and mini bar in the shower ooh <laughs> Talking no. uh, imports, we'll doghouse. Have the shower beer? <laughs> no, no, not that part. That's fine. I just meant an ho- a hot tub filled with IPA seems no, unpleasant. Uh, Brew Dog, yeah. who have been in the news recently, a Scottish brewer, and they're coming stateside uh, into Ohio with what's going to be their North American uh, headquarters. Let's see here. Um, I haven't actually gone through all this one yet, but they're saying a contribution of $150 will get you a night's stay at this crowdfunded hotel. So this yeah, would be the they're second. Doing Indie, they're doing an Indiegogo so they can keep whatever money they're do, they're, that you give them. <laughs> yeah, even if this thing tanks, they keep the money. Uh, yeah. Scottish beer company Brewdog launched an Indiegogo campaign today for what they're calling the world's first crowdfunded craft beer hotel. And there's only one part of that that's true. World's first crowdfunded because stone pretty much beat him to the punch with the uh world's first craft beer hotel well have they finished that no it's all right i think they've already had the groundbreaking like right I'm it is saying, under construction this, yeah this is that, still it will be built before this other one but this will be a yeah. crowdfunded craft beer hotel and the stone one's going to be much larger uh this is a 50 room hotel the dog house they are calling it will be attached to BrewDog's upcoming brewery in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, this is going to be right here. So, road trip, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, trip. we're not getting the deluxe suite. We just crap-talked it, but we're going. Uh, since it's oh, a... I, I crap-talked the hot tub. I'm not... <laughs> no, we are getting in the IPA hot tub. No, I mean, we just listened to that episode of TMS where they talked about pee uh, No one said we're stuff. drinking from it. Since it's a hotel run by a beer company, it naturally comes with some over-the-top beer-themed amenities. A tap in every room featuring Punk IPA, the brand's flagship brew. I'm cool with this. A beer-stocked minibar in every shower. Up your also shower cool game. So you never have to go a second without a beer in hand. Access to limited-edition brews from the brewery next door. Super down with this. A spa that uses beer in its products and treatments, such as hop oils and malted barley massage. Down for I'm that. okay with this as long as I don't have to get a massage. I don't want people touching me. No touching? No touching. Craft beer pairings during breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm super down for this. I need someone to tell me what goes good with my biscuits and gravy. In the luxury suite, a hot tub filled with IPA. We don't recommend mm. drinking this. <laughs> Not at least because it'll be very warm beer. Ugh. I, I don't even know if I want to do... Like The smell wouldn't actually be that great. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm thinking about it getting in places and it doesn't feel like it's going to be comfortable and getting yeast in, my... in places where you know it shouldn't be and it would probably sting I imagine yeah uh, surprisingly a beer themed hotel isn't the worst thing in the world for your health though chugging beers all day might be Yeah. don't you tell no. me how to live article <laughs> uh, beer's main ingredients are barley hops which are both high in vitamin B and good for skin and hair the original IPAs were brewed with hops to preserve the drink uh, as it traveled, so say the mythos. <laughs> so it's pretty safe to assume the same preservation qualities would apply to the skin. That's from James Watt, co-founder and CEO of BrewDog. 
Uh, malt and hops also smell awesome. So why wouldn't you want to douse yourself in them? I mean, fair point. Man, man's got a point. Some of the pictures of the rooms look pretty awesome. <laughs> awesome, but I'm pretty sure from the looks of one of these walls that once you turn the lights off, it's still going to be very bright in there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, the campaign goal is $75,000, and for the next 30 days, beer-obsessed backers can donate a, as little as $25 for a VIP tour and tasting of the brewery for two other notable perks, uh, $150 for a free night and breakfast, typically worth $250, and $2,000 for a night in the luxury suite with the IPA hot tub, also included a t-shirt, two malt massages, two hop treatments, all meals, and more. Uh, those with more cash can design their own beer for $5,000 and take over the entire hotel for an insane birthday party or wedding for $30,000. Okay, who's got... Thirty thousand to blow on a. So don't don't it it takes a lot to get married. So oh well, yeah no 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 I'm the wedding thing made me go well that makes but when they said birthday I'm like come on yeah. thirty thousand our wedding did birthday, not cost that much if you're a prince in uh, in a certain... no one's no one's life is worth that much. <laughs> the projected opening date is September 2018. So that's not that far off. And if you no, back no. now for a minimum of $150, you can guarantee a reservation for when they open. So, hmm. I mean... Indiegogo, you say. I kind of am interested in the stone one, but this one's in our own backyard. So yeah. it may take a precedent since we could just drive up there uh, for the weekend. They are funded, by the way. Oh, it is? Yeah. There is about a month left of the time, and they are 156% of their goal. They are at... <laughs> A hundred and uh, hundred and sixteen thousand eight hundred ninety nine dollars. They still have some of those categories open, or is it like, uh, oh, we'll take your money? Hundred and fifty still still open. You can claim oh. free nights. Uh, yeah, and they have twenty five. I'm like, I'm on the Indiegogo page now, so I'm trying to see what all they have. So it's a guaranteed funded already. You're just throwing. Shut up and take my money now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a two hundred dollar one for. Uh, Let's see. Back at this level, you can enjoy one night in our hotel on us, plus a free, plus a craft beer breakfast for you and a friend. So you get a free night stay, a deluxe uh, beer breakfast for two, and ten percent off all rooms. Hmm. Okay, here's the thing: uh, if they're gonna do all this beer stuff, I still am wanting somebody, and I, I don't. I'm really disappointed in all my favorite organic brands right now to come out with a hop lotion. That smell <laughs> is amazing. Why am I? Why is it not on my skin? I am feverishly trying to order some hop oil beard oil which Ooh. does exist like if I this hotel is smart they'll also sell Just their own like skincare it. and beauty products based on seven seven hundred dollars with our flagship package you'll get a free night stay at our top suite complete with a brewery tour for you and your companion for the day plus a beer bre- uh, beery breakfast lunch and five course dinner with craft beers paired to every dish. You also uh, bag an awesome exclusive t-shirt. That's actually not a bad price. Like, that plus plane tickets, that's basically a t- trip to Disney World. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't need plane tickets. Where's that again? It's in Columbus. Oh, <laughs> Well, okay, for normal people, if they had to get plane tickets or something. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour and a half away. <laughs> no okay, one, that plus no gas, one has cla- No one has claimed the $3,000 doghouse takeover. Well, no. Yeah, that's uh, that would be well. Like I'm looking at, you get dinner, 
a.m. breakfast and all the rooms, like 50 rooms for the night, if you get all your guests to actually pay like 100 bucks per person, say you've got 100 people there, like because they won't be having to pay for a their own hotel, right? Right. Right. So you you say you you buy the hotel at $100 per person for 100 people. That's pretty much you're you're only 20,000 down and you've got dinner and breakfast added in there. So that's I mean that's actually pretty close. Let's find 100 people to give us $100. So <laughs> let's crowdsource. Let's start an Indiegogo. Am I smelling all of them to a a crowdsourced doghouse takeover? Am I smelling that's what we should do for a convention at some point? Just have a doghouse? Diamond Club trip to the beer hotel. (laughs) There you go. A doghouse takeover for Diamond Club? I could see that. That would be great. All right. Uh, Let's do this. (laughs) Jesus, LA Times. F off. Every time I reopen the page, it's like, oh, do you want to subscribe? I'm I'm telling you. Add it to Pocket. Just just use Pocket, and it's so much better. Oh All right, uh, last one isn't really much of a news story, and the title actually is crap. Four reasons <laughs> to drink beer with your breakfast. That's they don't list four reasons in the article. They don't. Well, they, they list four beers, and basically, beer is enough reason to drink beer. <laughs> exactly, and uh, we've had quite a few of these, and one of them sitting in the closet that we'll get to at some point. Yeah, this article is essentially like, Four reasons, but really, here's some four beers that sound like they'd be awesome, and we want to beer- drink them with breakfast because we're Can all. Can I just awful. say they went for the easiest one first? Coffee yeah. beers. I mean, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I bloody, mean, it, you know, put a little effort in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> bloody Marys and mimosas may be typical go-to uh, tipples during boozy breakfasts and brunches, but today's endless variety of beer styles and flavors are compelling alternatives for morning. In- <laughs> Imbibing. From beers brewed with breakfast-friendly ingredients, oats, coffee, and even scrapple, to European traditions, it's time you explore what craft beer can bring to your AM. Here are four ways to bring more beer to breakfast. That picture does have the uh, dogfish head beer for breakfast out, though. Indeed, which I was a big fan of, and I'm very sad we won't see it again this year. Um, I know where there's still six packs, and I may have to nab one. Just to let me supplement my. You year. said like you know, won't get it till next. You know, won't get any more this year. And I just immediately heard the sad Hulk walking away music in my head. <laughs> let me draw your attention to something that seems very mundane, but is very important in that last sentence. Okay. Here are four ways to bring more beer to your breakfast. Not four good ways. Four, four ways. ways. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I gotta say there are a lot of people who do not agree with my love. Of the beer for breakfast. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't say I'm not against beer for breakfast. Although your place is the only place they ever have it. Um, let's just get into the list and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Coffee beers. That's how we're going to start this, baby. Stouts and porters who darkly roasted malts match the flavor of coffee beans are the most common styles of beer that use coffee, and there are as many variations on the coffee stout theme as there are <laughs> prematurations of espresso. Espresso and milk drinks. Uh, Speedway Stout from San Diego's L. Smith Brewing is one of the classic coffee beers. And the new 16-ounce cans of the potent brew at 12% alcohol are perfect to share over bacon and pancakes. Or don't. (laughs) We're not condoning beer for breakfast. We're just saying... And you don't... It could be not for breakfast. I'm saying... or don't share it. Just just enjoy the whole oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. No, just, just drink fine. it. 
drink it all yourself. But like, let's say you wanted to do like a brunch situation for dinner, like beer, breakfast for dinner. Mm. Um, this is a way to pair some stuff. You know, that could be a good way to go if if you're trying to go for that route. I We've think, seen people pair otter things. Let's just. Say I think that. paired correctly, beer first thing in the morning with your breakfast can go great. But it just beer has to be. Beer in the morning, beer in the evening, <laughs> beer at supper time. It just has to be done right. I think, uh, Casey, when you're up, we did that Scottish breakfast one time and we did the Robert the Bruce yeah, with it. That's pretty good. And I think I like with that. the haggis and the beans and everything, it really, like, it everything paired well together. All right. Coffee. I don't usually eat food and drink beer together because I think it increases the flavor of the alcohol. Whenever I'm eating, I can, I could 10 times worse taste alcohol than I can huh. um, when I'm not. I don't know what it is. Didn't you say increase? I don't know. Maybe I increase. Like whenever I, if I have some food in my mouth and I take a drink of a beer, I can taste the alcohol in that beer immediately. It tastes like vodka to me. Uh, oh, it increases the alcohol you taste yeah. you're getting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying you didn't taste, you were tasting, the way it sounded that you were saying you were tasting less of the beer. Well, I, yeah, I don't get any beer yeah, flavor. Yeah. I just get all alcohol flavor. That's kind of oh, something no. around here. Brittany will be like, we don't have any just regular ass beer in the fridge. <laughs> and uh, you look in there and it's like, yeah, it's kind of a problem. It's a lot of beers you don't yeah. want to drink with something you're eating yeah. because yeah. you want to experience the full flavor of the beer. So when she goes to try and grab some of the like Citra High for dinner, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, you're I mean, not doing the beer any favors. We don't have a normal this is, beer. This is really a problem exclusively to us. <laughs> exclusively to like the beer nerds who are doing this kind of thing, you know? Right. That's what I meant by us. Yeah, yeah. Not the collective not, us. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's the scoot past. Us. Let's scoot past coffee. The beer we've been collective. we've been coffeeing it for a while here. <laughs> uh, wheat beers. One culture in which beer for breakfast has particularly long is a particularly long history is Germany, and a tall vase of hefeweizen is the traditional accompaniment to the second breakfast common in Bavaria. Is that actually a thing? I thought that was just a joke from it Lord of the thing. Rings. It is quite a thing. <laughs> Light, spritzy, and fragrant with yeasty aromas, Hefeweizen is a wonderful option for a breakfast beer, whether you're enjoying a light meal or tucking, yeah, tucking into, I thought I said tuckering for a second, I was like, wait, what the, into a more healthy spread. American-made Hefeweizen uh, can range from fruity and refreshingly tart to more spice-driven and grainy. Uh, Black Market Brewing, and they just start dropping names from- Temecula. (laughs) Temecula. Temecula. Sorry, it makes me think of that, that movie, sorry. The, the the car the, the guys oh, trying to sell the cars. Um, can't remember the name, but it's it's based in Temecula. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name now. Crap. Okay, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> we're the used car lot. There's all kinds of like random B listers in it. Uh, Belgian Wit Style is another international brew that is comfortable at breakfast with a light body and energetic effervescence. Uh, Whip beers are similar to Hefeweizen's, but the Belgian wheat beers are flavored with orange peel and spices. If you're a fan of mimosas, try Allagash White. It does sound good, actually. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how how close a mimosa uh, to, and to a mimosa. White is. Yeah, but well, but the the orange peel thing. Yeah, uh, sounds, sounds nice. <laughs> do you want orange juice or do you just want the peel of the orange <laughs> in, so, in alcoholic form? <laughs> this next one is that Michelada. Am I uh, Michelada and Michelada. or Michelada, Michelada, whatever? <laughs> this is the reason it doesn't say good ideas up top. <laughs> <laughs> also known as a cerveza, cerveza. Prepa- preparada. Preparada. preparada 
The zesty combination of lime juice, spices, and Mexican lager is a popular alternative to the Bloody Mary and sounds no. disgusting. No, it... it's not an alternative to the Bloody Mary. <laughs> this is as much a Bloody Mary as a mimosa is an Allagash White. He's speaking from <laughs> currently what may have been in the glass. And there are limitless variations on the Michelada theme. Some use tomato juice and clamato, while others forego the tomato entirely and lean heavily on the lime juice component. However you mix them, a Michelada is... Oh, improved with a flavorful craft beer. Experiment with different combinations on Sunday. You know what? No, just just gonna say no. Do Let's not. Just not do this, guys. Just yeah, just just don't. We're we're just moving on. Uh, breakfast in your brew. From fruit to shellfish, craft brewers will add just about anything to a brew in the name of experiment experimentation. Delaware's Doctor Shed Brewery is no exception. They once They're not used just no exception. They're mm-hmm. like. They're the reason the crazy mad scientists of yeah like <laughs> they they're putting everything in their beer including their own spit. Ugh, let's, <laughs> I, we agreed to <laughs> not talk about this. He can't not do it. They once used chocolate and Maine lobsters in a beer, and oh. they've toyed with more. They also made oh, a beer specifically with culture. breakfast. <laughs> With breakfast in mind, Beer for Breakfast is a stout that not only features coffee and maple syrup, but also Scrapple. The loaf of pork trimmings and cornmeal is a breakfast yeah. staple in the northeastern states, and it provides an earthy and spicy background to dogfish heads over-the-top ode to the breakfast stout genre. If you're unsure it's... about a pork-powered breakfast beer, how about oranges instead? Sierra Nevada how Brewing. How can you be unsure about that? It's delicious. <laughs> Both of these are actually delicious. Uh, the Sierra Nevada Brewing has joined in fruit beer movement with a citrus-heavy take on their iconic pale ale. Sidecar blends with some fruity hop aromas and two doses of orange peel for a breakfast-ready pint and is widely available in six-packs. That one was yes, pretty good. That one was very good. So the last two were my favorites on this whole list. <laughs> so not to derail the discussion, but you can tell that, it's, that winter is ending because now the Michael Jackson impersonator has, can, has gotten back out and is... Michael Jacksoning down the road of uh, outside my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's about where he was. Like I heard him while Chris was talking, and I was like, "That's eh, gonna show up in the recording." No, nope. we didn't hear it. Can't hear it. No, I could. I heard. And you I, heard heard a, hmm? I heard a beer and pour, and that was about it. <laughs> well, yeah. that that was not him. That was that was Daddy's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, I mean, beers for breakfast, there's a lot of ways you can go, except the Michelada. Just kill yourself just don't do instead. That. If you're gonna, if, you, if you're that desperate, just just pour something over some, some Cheerios. It's bound to be better just than that. Just some Cheerios. Yeah, go that way. No, uh, Founders, if you're that desperate, Founders has a great video you can find of them pairing their beers with cereals. Mm. And it's not like taking a bite of cereal and a drink of beer. It's, you know, Beerios style. And you should go dig that up and watch it. I am. I want some beery charms. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we need to go ahead and get into Untapped. Yeah. Get riggedy, riggedy, Woo! And from these uh, Untapped badges, you can tell what holiday is just around the corner. Yes. Uh, Arbor Day. <laughs> God, there be there should be a badge for Arbor Day. Um, <laughs> getting drunk in the woods. Look, It'll be from Matthew. We pick, we pick weird cultural holidays all the time for for drinking. So why not just pick other odd holidays? What, what about Grandparents' Day? We're going to use that as an excuse to get drunk with your grandfather. What do you, what do you drink on oh. Grandparents' Day? It's either got to be old granddad. <laughs> 
You're drinking well whiskey or... You drink mint juleps with your grandfather. You drink Pappy Van Winkle. You drink Pappy Van Winkle. What kind of beer, though? What kind of beer is it going to be? You got to drink... It'll probably be Yingling or... You got to go oldest brewery in America, right? So you got to be drinking like Hootapole or... Mm. It's got to be like the the tacky old... Yeah, (laughs) Wiedemann. I'm just saying... We need to make our own version of Monertog. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So the first badge we have, uh, who's afraid of the dark? Uh, it says, don't be, because this month Guinness is helping you confront your fears with a special dark beer badge. Look, so, I'm not afraid of that kind of dark. Yeah. Delicious red. Indeed. Uh, so pour yourself a deep, dark Guinness stout or a porter and embrace the dark side. So you start off by checking into two different Guinness Stouts or Porters during the month of March to unlock the Who's Afraid of the Dark Level 1. Next, check into a total of four different beers from the list below, and we'll supply the list from the link, um, and you'll be upgraded to Level 2. Fully overcome your fear by checking into six different Guinness beers listed below, and you'll receive the final upgrade to Level 3. I Um, really want this badge. Spoiler alert, uh, we're doing a live stream on St. Patrick's Day where I will be going for this badge. I mean, did, it's not gonna be we hard. grabbing a pack with all this stuff anyway? No. The pack only has three, the one that we grabbed. Oh, right. then, then, Chris, we need to go pick up some more stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, and some of the stuff's pretty basic. You could probably go to a bar, honestly, and get... I mean, because the first one on there is Guinness Draft, which, I mean, anybody can just, you know... Um, not anybody. Yeah, like, that was, that was a big part. deal when I moved out from, from back home, was to yeah. find... That was the sign of a good quality bar was that they had a nitro a nitro tap for Guinness. Now, I've never seen this this West Indies porter. Though. It's in the other pack that we did not select, mm. which I guess me and Justin are going to select. <laughs> we'll have going to have that the... on our, our last night here party. We're going for the high score. Well, there's another high score I'm going for. Anyone else well, is welcome to join me. I, look, um, I'm, I'm joining you on that. We're going to die together. Warriors' <laughs> so, deaths. You know what? It does not. Even though it does, it does say you you would start doing this in the month of March. Nowhere does it give an expiration on this badge. Because usually it's like um, between this time and this time during the month of March. So it's that, during it, the it, month that implies okay. just during March. Oh, gotcha. Okay, sorry. March first to March. I don't know how many days are in March. But real men, <laughs> right? Real men do it in one night in one sitting. That's right. Okay, so Chris, from this... it's fine. We're 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 gonna go for for these two badges for this badge and the other one. And we're gonna we're gonna go Thelma and Louise style off this this alcoholic <laughs> cliff. Even by the time this gets posted, you still have like basically three weeks to get this yeah. done, so you're still good. So cool, right? Or one night. <laughs> depends. One night. Yeah, it depends on how your weekend goes. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on, we've got uh, change your perception of stout. Uh, change your perception of what a stout can be. Pour yourself a dark and delicious milk nitro stout from Left Hand Brewing. Ooh, do always love their nitros. I love a lot of Left Hand's nitro stouts. Um, uh, first of its kind from an American craft brewery. It pours a perfect nitro pint with a rippling cascade. Initial roasty mocha flavors rise up with a slight hop and roast bitterness in the finish the rest is pure bliss of milk chocolate fullness raise a toast to st patrick's day with uh milks uh, with milk stout nitro and earn yourself a new badge check into one milk stout nitro from left hand brewing during the month of march 
and the American Stout badge is yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like their milk stout anyway, and I like it when you nitro things typically, <laughs> especially stouts. So we're going to have to do yeah. another beer swap. Um, Casey, I don't know if you want in on this. So Which one? <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not on that one. We'll get to that here in a minute, though. <laughs> well, no, not the big one at the end, but everything leading oh. up. Oh, okay, gotcha. We'll see. All right. Um, hmm. Just in time, however, for St. Pat's Day is the Breckenridge Brewery and their new badge. So you've got uh, their Nitro Dry Irish Stout badge. All you have to do is simply check into one Breckenridge Nitro Dry Irish Stout between March 1st and March 31st, just any time inside the month. That that picture of a of a cooking, uh, cooking Irish stout is just wonderful to me. Yeah, just the uh, cascading. Oh. Yeah, you 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 see that badge, and you're like, yeah, no, soon that beer will be mine. Tends to make one semi erect. <clears throat> semi. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get to the. Uh, this I want to see more of this. Casey isn't as much for this one, and I get like we've discussed this. It was on the other show that we talked about this. It's a big. I understand grab. his reason, but that's I understand it. his reason, but it's a I big like a challenge. It's a yeah, it's a big carrot on a stick, and I've not had many of their beers. But I think the one tonight is the only one of their beers I've ever had. I'd forgotten I'd even had it before. So uh, Goose Island Road to the Harvest. Uh, hops come in a wide range of varieties, all of which possess unique characteristics and originate from all over the world. As we all know, hops are an essential ingredient, blah, 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 blah. Hops, 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 hops. Hop, uh, hop, hop, hop. Join Goose Island on the road to harvest as they head to Elk Mountain Farms to gather hops used throughout their beer portfolio. The road is a long one and filled with many challenges. Complete these challenges to unlock exclusive badges and awesome Goose Island merch. Or go on the grand prize, a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Elk Mountain Farms in Idaho during hop harvest season, complete with an exclusive <laughs> concert, gourmet food, and luxury camping. That could be us. It could be. And it will be. I For- mean, <laughs> if they looked through dedication of people doing it in one night. <laughs> exactly. From March 1st through May 31st. So they give you two months to get this. Is it two? No. Oh, for instance, March 1st, they give you three months. Yeah, uh, there's, which there's another one in between. You kind of need. Uh, complete the various criteria listed below to unlock the corresponding badges and their associated levels. As you unlock these badges, you will earn points. Each badge and level will earn you a different amount of points. Once you've earned enough points, you can then redeem them for one of the many prizes available from Goose Island. You can keep track of your progress and see the full list of prizes at, and they give you the full list. Can I just say this reminds me of that episode of Parks and Rec where uh, they try to put fluoride into the water, and <laughs> and uh, Aziz Asari's character Tom is like, "Yeah, you, you drink a little bit of this, you check in, and then you get sparkle points. You can turn your sparkle points." into free whatever and you get a plain blue t-shirt yeah <laughs> oh okay uh the road to harvest is as follows i had to add this one I, I don't know why i'm so excited about this mainly because it's the carrot on the stick to get me to try more of their beer right so uh cascade check in to any goose island beer all the stages are named after or they're all badges after, yeah. but they're named after hops uh Level two is Centennial. Check in Goose Island IPAs. There are three levels to that one that you have to get. 
So, get, okay. So number two, Centennial, you have to get three levels in that. You have to have three different, I believe different. It doesn't specify. It might just be three. You could have the same IPA over and over and over again. Wait, and by levels, do they mean badge five? levels? Just badge levels, whatever the badge right. specifies. You... They have the link that gives you that. Okay. Because there is like a, there's a continuity issue in one of these. <laughs> I need All to right. go to the link and figure it out. Uh, next one, number three, Hollertow. Check in Goose Island beers at your favorite bars and restaurants. There are three levels to this one. Level one is three check-ins. Level two is five check-ins. And then it says level 10 is five check-ins. So I think it means level three is 10 check-ins or something yeah, like that. Yeah, where I'm reading it here, it says level three is 10 check-ins. Okay, so mine's an old link. Yeah. Okay, so you've got to have 10, beer, 10 Goose Island beers out at an untapped location for that to count. But if you're getting the IPAs and, you know, you can get the first three of those, all that knocked out at one bar trip. Right. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, number four is Saws. Check in any different variety of Goose Island's core beers, which are the, probably the ones you're going to find out at a bar somewhere. But this one has three levels as well. Level one is two different beers. Level two is three different beers. Level three is four different beers. So you must check in different beers to earn the badges on that one. Okay, so we're gonna need a chart when we do this, Chris. We're we're gonna have to sit down and make the like mad scientist chart when we go out and keep bringing. It. All right, we've got to have a. We have to laminate these as well because they're going to get destroyed. Yeah, that truth, truth in that. <laughs> Level 5, Amarillo, check in any Goose Island Sophie during brunch. This is how you have to start that day. <laughs> 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. local time. So any of the Sophies. And I think, was it a Sophie variant we saw with strawberry? Yeah, I want to try that one anyway. Oh, oh I want that one. I was going to ask you if... Was it the strawberry? We saw one at, at Kroger that had strawberry in it. And I was like, yes. I was all about that. So, uh, and the final choice, you tell me there's a choice of Sophie's. Yes. Uh, well, if you find a variant, Sophie's one of their, uh, the sour sisters. Oh no, sorry. The strawberry is Jillian. Oh, well, I mean, that goes, so you're not, you're saying there's, there's no choice for Sophie. It kind minutin bitten, uh, (laughs) is the next badge millennium. Check in a variety of goose islands, rare and limited release beers. There are three levels to this one. So level one uh, is check into one, level two is check into three, and level three is when you've checked into five. And this list includes Bourbon County brand stouts, Sour Sisters, and the Cooper Project beers, which start releasing this month. So everyone needs to be on the lookout for those. Like start, you need to start now getting a hold of local liquor stores and your favorite beer purchasing places. I'm gonna on need. Those. I'm gonna need one of those like little little kid leashes by the end of this. <laughs> So, <laughs> Casey, the floor you were, is yours. I, I, I'm just saying, if you were to go and try to <clears throat> do this as is and be the cheapest as possible on it, it's still going to cost you between eighty and one hundred twenty dollars, probably, to get all of these done. That hurts. Sounds about right. That hurts. Um, especially if you do, if you count the Sophie during brunch. Normal, if you can find it in a normal size bottle, that's one thing. Uh, a lot of times it's in that large 750 milliliter. I, yeah. so, I don't know if it's the Sophie, but they have at least two of the Sour Sisters in regular size bottles. 
at Party Source. At one point, they had all three of the Sour Sisters in uh, regular, I guess, uh, 16 ounces. Which increases your need for the other 10 check-ins on the Holotel badge that has to be at your favorite bars or restaurants. So only if you could drink those Sour Sisters at the bar or restaurant do they count for both. We're going to be making a lot of trips to, uh, what is it, <laughs> Casual Pint in Oakley? Oh, yeah, Casual Pint. they got a great uh, list. No, so is Jillian one of the Sour Sisters? Yes. Like, that's the names and stuff? Okay, yeah, Jillian is the one that we saw with Strawberry. I have to look look it up. Um, it's it's a Saison with Strawberry, Honey, and White Pepper. Ooh. Like, that sounds really freaking good. It does. Yeah. Your your Sour Sisters are Jillian, Lolita, Juliet, Halia, and Madame Rosa. Okay. Come on, Casey. Tell me you wouldn't you wouldn't want to try to... Try nope. to drink them all. Not a bit. Gotta drink uh, you know, them I'm not all. A, gotta drink I'm them all. Okay with Goose Island's uh, rare stuff, but their other beers, I am not a fan of at all. I haven't really tried much of some of their other stuff, so I, I, I would, I, it would be, it would be an experience. I honestly haven't yeah. either. We'll get to these when we uh, move on in, and this is a perfect segue that I'm not calling attention to at all for our producer. <clears throat> no, when okay. we get into our topic. That's not even true. That that but, is a lie. I'm um, already like two and a half beers in. But okay, so I wanted to point out though, I would highly recommend and we're obviously we're gonna have the untapped links in the show notes, but the link within the the Goose Island one. Um, you can also get other stuff. So it tells you each level is worth a certain amount of points for this. And you can also get things uh, with those points. But what if I what if I just want to go to the hop harvest? No, no, that's the grand prize. But up until that point, you also have um, stuff like hats, bandanas, um, drink koozies, keychains. All those are distractions for my main points. Do you have to spend points to enter for the main prize or you just enter no. when you complete the whole thing? Says you do not need to use points to enter the drawing. You're right. automatically. Oh. You're just a champion. You're a champion. We're gonna be champions, Justin. So with with all We're your points, hope. you can purchase a trucker hat, which there are only four available. Or, I mean, sorry, only a hundred available. Yeah, those. four of them. Uh, four <laughs> of them are claimed. Only four available, yeah. and a keychain. People are already. Or I guess I'm already earning points. How do your points rack up? Is Untapped keeping track of that? Goose Island will. Through, through Untapped. Like it's, it's, got, it's got on here like three of 250 of the sweater coolies oh. for bottles. By the way, you you do have to take pictures of your brews. Yes. Too, okay. You Requirement. You have to take pictures. Good thing All I right. took a picture of that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Duly Topic noted. Time. All right. So now we're going to actually move in. Uh, there is That was a bit of a segue because our topic is... Anheuser Busch, AB InBev. I think this Which is a... technically, technically, it is and is not the same Bush thing. Is a subsidiary mm-hmm. yes. of AB InBev. We are, yeah, we are tackling a bit of the creature that is AB InBev tonight. I was t- what I was trying. What it sounds like to me, if okay, so if anyone else listens to DTNS Daily Tech News Show, it sounds like to me it's the same setup like Google has with Alphabet. Alphabet is now the main company. Google and YouTube and things like that are like subsidiaries of that company. When did Google get into cereal? <laughs> what? I want some Alphabet. There's soup. It's oh, a soup good company. lord. More soups. There's an Alphabet, Alphabet cereal too. Yeah. 
No, there was a difference. What's the soup and what's the cereal? One is alphabet soup, and there's alpha bits. Alpha bits is the cereal. That's what I was thinking. Okay. All right. Well, a little bit about Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch Companies, LLC, is an American brewing company founded and based in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Since 2008, however, it has been wholly owned subsidiary subsidiary of Anheuser-Busch, or AB InBev, which also has its North American headquarters in St. Louis. So if you're wondering when they officially became the big evil monster, it was... It was sometime in the 50s. <laughs> they weren't the big evil monster then. Um, the original Anheuser-Busch InBev, uh, AB InBev, was formed through successive mergers of three international brewing groups, Interbrew from Belgium, uh, AmBev from Brazil, and Anheuser-Busch, hence since 2008, Anheuser-Busch has been a division of Anheuser-Busch InBev, or as we call them, maybe InBev. InBev. InBev got the best end of that. They have three letters. Everyone else only got two. (laughs) How many of these got just completely cut out in the end, though? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, these are the three main that Voltron together. Yeah. Uh, Now the world's largest brewing empire. The company employs over 30,000 people, operates 12 breweries in the United States, and until December 2009 was one of the largest theme park operators in the United States. Didn't know that, did you? Because we didn't. That part nope. still blew my mind. Sorry. With 10 theme parks. Yep, I did. Through the company's family entertainment division, uh, Bush, Bush Entertainment Corporation, so through Bush, Bush Beer, they Bush, uh, Bush Gardens. Gardens. Oh my God! I never made that connection. D- yeah, who they made that? About like like a bush, out in. No, they are talking Bush Beer. Anheuser Busch huh. InBev I is never the largest. <laughs> they're the largest beer producer in the world. Minds are blown. There's just brain matter <laughs> all over the walls right now. Like I put a shotgun to my mouth and pulled the trigger. Oh wait, no. Maybe that's what happened to Kurt Cobain. Mess, yeah. He found out. He knew what was coming. All right. Anheuser Busch InBev, AB InBev is a Belgium-based company engaged in the brewers industry. Uh, the company owns a portfolio of over 200 beer brands, which we are going to at length near the end of this go through. At length, more like gloss over. <laughs> gloss there's over. Two hundred. Severely, we're gonna we'll go in depth with some of the some of the bigger names. The company's brand portfolio includes global global brands, international brands, and local American, which I think is what most of us are drinking. The company's soft drinks business consists of both uh, both own production and agreements with PepsiCo. I did not know that. Related to bottling and distribution arrangements between its various subsidiaries and PepsiCo. Ambev. I, I knew they had some some connectivity with with Pepsi. Yeah, it makes sense now. Ambev, which is a subsidiary of the company, is a PepsiCo bottler brands and are distributed under these arrangements are Pepsi, 7-Up, and Gatorade. God, so, 7-Up. So if you're all up on your high horse and completely against anything that's owned by AB InBev, you can't drink Pepsi products. No, too wait, bad. No, that's, that's not... So I think the way this relationship works out is actually they kind of trade back and forth with distribution systems in mostly foreign countries. Yeah, okay, so it's going to be it's going to be in areas where Pepsi has a good foothold. They're going to be like, "We'll distribute yours," or somewhere where ABM Bev has it, they're going to be like, "We'll push yours." Right, yeah. or, because or even makes, bottle. 
that makes sense because of the the footprint Anheuser Busch wants to put globally, or any of their their other mar- other companies they have, um, where Pepsi really needs to get that penetration overseas because Coke owns them. Coke right. is the world. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Which is funny because like I always wonder like what why Coke's not as good. So does this mean oh, that God. in the actual like franchise war, in the end, it's going to be between AB InBev and Coke? It's going to be yeah. AB InBev uh, and their uh, their vassal states, and uh, uh, yeah, probably Coca Cola or um, oh, what's one of the other gigantic corporations? Mm-hmm. Who owns General Electric now? Oh, it's not um, important. Yeah, you know, probably you know it could come down to uh, Procter and Gamble in there as yeah, well. Yeah, something like that. So, I swear, sometimes we need to reference the uh, we've got the America the book, and it's like who owns who. And of course, that was years ago, but some of it's still relevant as far as like you know Viacom owns these, and then you've got like McDonald's, and then they, all the the major corporate because this is just the beverage industry, you know. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's, I miss it's insane. <sighs> all right, all right. Uh, here time. you go. Comcast and GE. So GE actually owns NBC Universal. Ah. Yes. Mm. That's, Which is, that's the whole gag in uh, 30 Rock. It's why Jack the gets put in charge of NBC. Oh, yeah, I remember that. They're, they have this whole GE shtick that they do for a and long then, time. And then Comcast bought some of that or, you know, however that relationship came in. Uh, and that's played with the fact that, quote, Cable Town took over NBC later on in 30 Rock. Right. Okay. I know most of my things from TV. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, there was a whole subplot it's... at one that they were sh- like shoehorning in GE ads or like just product mm-hmm. placement. Yep. Now now we're now we're verging into my my particular brand of autism. I mean, um <laughs> field of expertise. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Speaking of your particular we're, we're, brand. We're, yeah, speaking of my other brand of autism, I mean, field of expertise, uh, history. Uh, so we pulled some stuff from their site uh, about about their history, starting with mm, Ebard? Ebhard? Eberhard? Eberhard. Eberhard. Man, that's a porn name if I've ever heard one. Eberhard Anhauser, uh, who left Germany in 1843, Trained as a soap manufacturer, eventually going on to own the largest soap and candle company in St. Louis. You know what? A lot of things are starting to click now. <laughs> now, now. Um, although he had no brewing experience, I'm telling you, <laughs> stuff's, stuff's making sense now. Come on, it's uh, not supposed to be a bash fest here. <laughs> he became part owner of the Bavarian, Bavarian Brewery, which had first opened its, door, its doors in 1852. By 1860, Anheuser had bought the other investors, and the brewery's name was changed to E. Anheuser and Company. Adolphus Bush was born in 1839, youngest of 22 children, and at age 18, he made his way to St. Louis via New Orleans from the Missis- and the Mississippi River. Adolphus began working as a clerk on the riverfront, and by the time he was 21, he had a partnership in a brewing supply business. Hmm. It was through this inter- enterprise that Adolphus Bush met. Uh, Eberhard Anheuser, and soon Adolphus was introduced to Eberhard's daughter, Lily, and in 1861, Adolphus Busch and Lily Anheuser were married, and shortly after that, he went to work for his father-in-law. 
I wonder how much of that was like I need to marry into the family business. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the that's the like dark end of that, but I'm like, uh may- maybe it was love. It maybe it was more. money. It could have been both. Why not have both? Why not both? Maybe it'll uh, lust for money. Maybe he learned to love her. Um he later purchased half ownership in the brewery, becoming a partner. And uh, by the mid 1800s, there were more than 50 breweries in the uh, in the St. Louis area. At that time, more beer in the United States was sold in the community in which it was brewed. Adolphus was determined to uh, to create a brand that would transcend the tradition of local brews and appeal to the taste of many different people. In 1876, his friend. Carl Conrad created an American-style lager beer that uh, succeeded beyond anyone's expectations. He coined the label Budweiser, and na- uh, a name that would appeal appeal to German immigrants like himself, yet be easily pronounced by Americans, because we're dumb. Well, uh, it's not wrong. Man wasn't wrong. <laughs> that's like that's half the shtick of the show, is we can't say foreign words. Yeah. Um, Budweiser was a success and eventually became the company's flagship brand. By the early 1870s, Adolphus Busch became the first American brewer to use pasteurization, which allowed beer to be shipped long distances without spoiling. And by the mid-1870s and early 1880s, he was introduced artificial refrigeration, uh, refrigerated rail cars, and uh, rail-side ice houses. Again, refrigeration brought to you by beer. Yeah. Uh, these technology technological innovations allowed the company to grow. Now it could distribute beer across the country, and Budweiser was, uh, was the first national beer brand introduced in 1876. To market his beers, Bush used traditional, proven selling methods, but a, uh, in a far more organized and deliberate manner uh, than his competitors. He uh, pioneered the use of giveaways and premiums and used his brewery as a showplace for the public to visit. So we have him to thank... For, for beer tours, yeah. Maybe not specifically him, but you know, he certainly made it a thing in in America. In addition to being a trendsetter in the technological development of the brewing industry, Adolphus Bush was a master at advertising and promoting his brands. In 1879, the company was renamed Anheuser Busch Brewing Association to recognize Adolphus's efforts, and I imagine because I bet the other guy was dead by that point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. Upon the um, bed, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> no, year after, year after. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was he was bedridden. That was the uh, yeah, and he was basically yeah. Following year upon the death of uh, Eberhard Anheuser, Adolphus became president of the brewing company. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if he was bedridden, but that you know that was just. I like, would assume so, imagine. and he'd been doing all of the work. So yeah. I'm take this out. Oh yeah, and in 1901, the company broke one million barrels of beer beer sales market for the first time, making it one of the nation's leading breweries. Uh, Adolphus Bush died in 1913 and was succeeded by his son, Augustus A. Bush Sr., who became the president uh, president of the brewery in 1913. Uh, it was Augustus <laughs> Gloop, and you'll never convince me of anything otherwise. It's August, but August, August. Sorry, no, like it was Augustus. Augustus, <laughs> Augustus Gloop. Maybe they called him Augustus. I don't know. Augie. Augie. Augie doggie. The brewery's bleakest period began at midnight, January 16th, 1920, when national prohibition became law. That was a a bleak time for many. (laughs) 
Rather than close its doors, as more than half of the America, uh, the nation's breweries did, Anheuser-Busch diversified and remained in business. Under the uh, leadership of uh, uh, August Sr., the company marketed more than 25 different non-alcoholic products, such as soft drinks, truck bodies, and ice cream. I mean, sure. In preparation for prohibition, Anheuser-Busch released Bevo, a non-alcoholic cereal beverage, in 1916. And uh, on April 1933... Beer was re-legalized. Yay! It was just a little too early with that Bev- Bevo, 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 whatever. Um, you know, cereal beverages are all the rage now in this health food-crazed world. <laughs> yeah. You say a little. I mean, that's kind of a lot. <laughs> a lot. 100 early. years? Come on now. Uh, recovery from Prohibition was slow but steady under Adolphus Bush III, who became president of the company in 1934 after, upon the death of his father, August Sr., uh, economic conditions uh, caused by the Great Depression also restrained growth, but thanks in part to the introduction of the metal can in 1936, sales began to climb. And in 1938, Anheuser-Busch hit the 2 million barrel bar, bar, bleh, barrel mark. Sorry, tongue got tied. Uh, during World War II, the company diverted many of its operations to support the war effort. To fight the Nazis. Uh <laughs> Voluntarily relinquishing its West Coast markets to conserve rail car space for war material shipments. You got to think that any brewery named after a German guy in World War II also had to see some shrinkage just based on that name. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, there was some there was some like salt thrown. There was some some shade thrown uh, in World War One and two about their German ties. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see. Following World War II, America and Anheuser-Busch experienced an era of growth and prosperity throughout the 1950s and 60s and 1946. August A. Uh, Bush Jr. became president of the company following the death of his brother, Adolphus III. Uh, man, they just do not like new names. <laughs> no. August or Adolphus, it's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning of the opening of the Newark, New Jersey facility in 1951, August, uh, August Jr. created a national network of nine breweries. Under his leadership, beer sales increased three million barrels uh, from three million barrels to more than thirty-four million barrels. Mm-hmm. And corporate diversification was extended to include family entertainment, industrial products, real estate, and can manufacturing. In 1957, Anheuser-Busch became a leading U.S. brewer, a position it retains today. Hmm. Uh, August. Uh, August A. Bush III was elected president of Anheuser-Busch in 1974, and the next Let's year... Uh, take a moment here real quick. I looked up the population in the U.S. in 1957. Right. 172 million. Mm-hmm. These are barrels of beer, not not cans. These aren't... So in, let's say, 1957, um, how many barrels was it? Uh, 34 million. More. Barrels. It says so let's, more than 34 million. Yeah, more than. Let's let's do just a little, what is it, 170, 172 divided by 34. Uh, 172 divided by 34. So five people per barrel mm-hmm. of beer, which would come to around uh, six gallons of Anheuser-Busch beer per person per year. Throughout the entire U.S.? Throughout every person in the U.S. could get six gallons of AB and Bev beer, or Anheuser-Busch beer. That, that wow. seems every, like a thing. Every year. The, because that was in the, the, the drinking statistic numbers are really weird, especially when you, like, 
look at the number of uh, barrels produced prior to prohibition uh-huh. across the board uh, what be- of beer, spirits, and everything. We were drinking more. There was more alcohol produced uh, by a large by a large number than there were people. Uh, so, yeah, to to consume that amount to fulfill that much supply. I'm just saying that's just AB InBev. That's not all beer. That's just AB InBev. I mean Anheuser Busch beer by itself. And you've got to think that was uh, right after Prohibition. There were still a there was still a pretty good contingent of prohibition heavy people that wouldn't drink at all yeah uh large sections of like our home state of kentucky yeah. know anything about that, right? <laughs> stayed completely dry for a long time that did not mean that those things were not being purchased because when you have a dry or a prohibition of something it just means you want it more someone else is going to get it to you illegally and make a markup i just think in the 50s and 60s i'm i'm actually not surprised by these numbers at all because uh, be, and it's because of the the idyllic time that people make it out to be wasn't a hundred percent wrong. It was you know that was also the time that people didn't know that the cigarettes would give them cancer and like, right. people were just kind was, of drinking people, and just people doing knew whatever. drinking led to bad things at that point. But did they but care? <laughs> you had a lot of cocktail culture there too. It was a lot of hard True. liquor and and it was a lot uh, of hard liquor. It was not a whole lot of beer. But you had a beer was you what had, you, you you drank. You know, to as a working to, man, the man coming well, home from work. It, it is honestly like I picture that like picturesque nineteen you know fifties deal of and plus you also have like in the sixties things like because um, I mean that was what wasn't that the like peace and love era essentially. So no, I imagine like more beer was nineteen sixty. That's nineteen sixty five no. to nineteen sixty eight. Is more like slowly get the build up to the hippies and it really crescendos around like 68 69 well that's not the 60s i mean or more like korean war <laughs> maybe that was the reason uh, I'm drinking korean too? war is 1951 uh, to 1953 yeah that's what was leading to this you're returning gi developed this i'm just saying like yeah. after the post a post uh law prohibiting you from drinking and then suddenly like people are okay with just buying stuff i i'm not and, and given all the things that happened in those time periods i'm not 100 percent surprised by the numbers is all uh, yeah we're not talking export numbers because they i'm no. sure a large percentage of this was also being exported sending over to places where people were you know American GIs in Germany, American GIs across the world trying to get trying to get beer. So all of that, I'm sure, wasn't going just to us. Right. Yeah, mm. that's true. Um, anyway, uh, Augustus A. Bush III was elected president of Anheuser-Busch in 1974. The next year uh, succeeded his father, uh, Augustus Jr., as chief executive officer, becoming the fourth generation of the family to lead. Uh, to lead Anheuser-Busch. Augustus III led the company to build four additional breweries and expand and diversify operations. In 1982, the company introduced Bud Light nationally, which quickly grew in popularity and today is one of the world's best-selling beer brands. In 2008, Anheuser-Busch and InBev combined to create the Anheuser-Busch InBev company. The new company is the world's largest brewer and uh, one of the top five consumer good companies in the world. Today, Anheuser-Busch consi- continues to satisfy diverse tastes by marketing more than 100 varieties of beer and alcoholic beverages. And among those varieties, 
Alright guys, make sure to check out part two for the rest of this topic's episode. Thank you.